0: So this, uh, this year's camp was called uh, Divergent. How many of you have seen the movie Divergent? Some of you. There's two of them now. But to be a divergent means to be separate from the world. To basically go in the opposite direction as everybody else. You're an outsider. So that was this message. Uh, everything was centered around being a divergent at camp. Um, do you guys remember all the factions? What were they? Courage, truth, wisdom, love, discipline, and unity. I think that was all of them. So each message, each faction uh, about the divergent was centered around being a divergent in this world. Um, you know, I look at these kids every year. They go to camp, and and I thought this was one of the more powerful camps because a lot of the messages that were centered we're like, yo, you got to do something different with your life. Like, you can't just take uh, what you received here and go home and forget about it. Because uh, that happens every year. If, if you aren't familiar with youth, uh, what happens is, is they'll go to camp or they'll go to elevate. And they'll be on fire for God. And God will move in their lives. And they come home. And because they don't put any action behind it, because they just walk back into their normal lives, they forget about everything that happened. And then they're right back in the same rut, same sin, same junk in their life. But this year, all the messages that were preached were like, yo, you got to have discipline in your life. You got to have courage in your life, love, truth, unity, all these different things. And they're all centered around you need to walk a path that's after God. You can't just take these things and forget about them. You need to now put it into your daily life. But I look at these kids, and every year we go to camp, we go to elevate, and the services are absolutely insane. They're incredible. They're absolutely incredible. You walk in there and you see the Holy Spirit moving in such a powerful way. And I started thinking to myself, man, they don't really get to experience this except at Elevating Camp. I'm like, that's not really fair. <laughs> you know... I think all these things are powerful. you gotta, you got to have discipline. you got to have all these different things. You got, it's, your walk is up to you. Walk out your own salvation in fear and trembling. Your walk is up to you. But how much easier would it be for them to experience the Holy Spirit there and to come back and, man, have it here? Mm. You know, I look around at the world today, and uh, if you were to ask me one scripture or a set of scriptures that would describe America, I would probably go straight to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. And it says, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. Who believes we're living in the last days? It says, But know this, that in the last days perilous times for, uh, will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from from such people turn away. Turn on the news. I hate watching the news. Um, But you turn on the news and everything you see, I mean, really, if you want to get down to it, it's Christianity being stripped away in America. I mean, we can break down stories and it might not say that, but when you get down to it, it's... Stripping Christianity away in America from gay marriage being legalized. Now, I don't think that we should just go on Facebook and start blasting gay marriage, but I'm not for it. I think we need to be having conversations with people, not blasting them on Facebook. Be careful to point out one sin when you're living in another, by the way. But... uh you know, from things like uh, gay marriage being legalized, and, and you see, like, now they're trying to legalize marijuana. It has legalized in certain places. It's coming. It'll probably be um, nationwide here soon. Um, you see lots of murders. You see now, um, You know, watch out for the media. I'll just warn you of that. Don't play into the media's hands because what the media does is they try to stir up bigger issues. See, now they're trying to bring back race. See, I love everybody, I don't care what color you are. And a lot of people feel the same way. But what the media displays is that there's racism, and it's it's at its peak. And I will say there's still racism out there, but they make it even worse than it is. So what they're doing is they're causing division now between whites and blacks again. We don't want that. So you turn on the news, and everything you see is all this junk. Christianity being stripped away. You know how the enemy works? The enemy, he'll come in, and he doesn't come in and just poof, everything at once. That wouldn't work. We'd be like, no way, Satan. We're not falling for that. And what he does is he just gives little bits at a time. We've been eating it for years. We've been eating it for years. We just eat it up, and the enemy's like, take this. And we're like, yeah. Oh, well, that's not a big deal. We can't. Don't worry. Come on, guys. Don't worry about that. That's not a big deal. Compromise, we start taking it, taking it, little bits here, but guess what? After years of taking little bits, it's not just a little bit. You know what this nation needs? A dose of the Holy Ghost. (laughs) A dose of the Holy Ghost. You know what this church needs? A dose of the Holy Ghost. Mm. These kids go to camp, and you see them on fire. They get a major dose of the Holy Ghost, and they come back, and they're like, even Jake said it a couple years ago. He's like, I don't understand why we can't can't come back and have services like that here. And it was on a lot of people's hearts, but nothing changed. Why can't we come back here and have a major dose of the Holy Ghost? See, kids, every single one of them, they went there with an expectant heart. They went in there to receive. They went in there to get something for God. They went in there to see miraculous things take place. And guess what? He showed up, and he always does. And miraculous things took place. I want to ask you today, do you come on Sundays out of religious activity, or do you come out of a desperate heart of relationship and say, I am expecting you to move? Because if you come here out of religious activities, you're not going to get anything. We need a dose of the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Hmm. Supernatural. That's what God laid on my heart at camp. Supernatural is that we should desire the supernatural. We should desire to walk in the supernatural. When you stop relying on the supernatural, you start relying on yourself. We should desire to see the supernatural take place on Sundays. We should desire to see supernatural take place on Wednesdays. But we shouldn't just desire for it to take place inside the building. We should desire to see the supernatural take place in our daily lives. Mm. Supernatural. I think there was some that we even went with our group that you probably experienced the supernatural for the first time. That will stay with them. See, what happens with the supernatural is is when you start questioning your faith down the road, you can look back at that, and you cannot deny the power that came from God. There's no other place that it came from. You can't deny it. Point number one. You know, I talked to a pastor yesterday. I said, yeah, I'll preach. I was, like, really excited. I hate to pass up opportunities to preach. And I was like, whoa. Whoa. Oh, no, <laughs> what am I doing here? God, <laughs> I believe this is from the Lord. I believe we need to hear it. I believe we need to receive it. Mm. Point number one, we need a fresh wind. We need a fresh wind. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. It says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come. See, Jesus, he was on the scene. He said, look, I'm not going to be with you much longer. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to be with you. There's something else coming that's for you. So you were walking with me, but now everybody can have this inside of them to have it walk with them. So when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord. That's not a Honda, by the way. They were all in one accord and in one place. We overlooked the word unity, and what Pastor Derek spoke on unity was spot on. You want to see the glory of God come? Then you better be in unison. They were all in one accord and in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from he- heaven as a rushing wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them in divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit they all got a dose of the holy ghost and they begin to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance there was a rushing mighty wind i believe that the church needs to experience a rushing mighty wind that we need a fresh wind to hit this place we need to stop settling for the ordinary and realize that our god does the extraordinary we got to stop settling for mediocrity and realize that our God works in miracles. We need a fresh wind to come to this place. See, the Holy Spirit came upon them like a mighty wind. They had a fresh wind. See, the Holy Spirit empowered them to do the same acts that Jesus did. Mm. I'm going to read through some scripture here. This is so powerful. just going to read through acts here. But Acts 2, verses 5 through 47 here. I'm just going to read through this real quick, and we're going to talk about it. And, they, and, and there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused, because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, aren't all of these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language, and each in which we were born? Parthians and uh, Meds and uh, Elamites, those dwelling in uh, Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia. I'm going to skip all these names. We're going to skip down here. We hear them speaking in our own tongues, this wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Others mocking, saying, they are full of new wine. But Peter standing up, With the eleven raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea, and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and heed my words, for these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last day, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams, and on my men servants and on my maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in these days, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in the heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vaporous smoke, the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. I think we so often forget about the words that the prophet Joel spoke. Some people just like to say, well, that was meant only for them in the Bible times. What? Boring. If that's the case, then why was Paul talking to the Corinthians about the same things? We have to get back to the supernatural. We rely so much on ourselves to change so many things. We rely so much on us to do it. We got to get back to the supernatural. We should start desiring to see God move in a way like he was moving there. We should start standing in what the prophet Joel spoke and say, you know what? I want to see visions. I want to dream dreams. I want to prophesy. I want to see the gifts of the Holy Spirit manifested in my church and in my workplace and in my school and in my home. I am sick and tired of living a normal life. I want to see the supernatural. Mm. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Men of Israel, hear the words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know him, being delivered by the determined purpose and the foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death whom God raised up, and having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. For David says concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. For he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God has raised up of which we are all witnesses. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. The Holy Spirit was given to them to be witnesses, not to be wimps. The Holy Spirit was given them to be a comfort, but you had to be uncomfortable. The Holy Spirit was given to them for power, Not for selfishness, but for selflessness. Mm. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, or he says himself, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter, And the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about three, no, 3,000, 3,000 souls were added to them. What would that look like? 3,000, Hmm, that'd be awesome. 3,000 souls were out of them, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. Unity. Unity plays a big factor. All things were in common, and they sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily. With one accord in the temple and breaking bread from the house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added daily or added to the church daily those who were being saved. Hmm. See, they had a fresh wind. They had the original fresh wind come upon them. And the Holy Spirit gave them power. And when they used that power, they started speaking in different languages. People were like, what in the world is going on? Kayla, are you drunk? She's like, nope, I just got a dose of the Holy Ghost. And when they started speaking these words to him, see, it opened up an avenue to preach the gospel to them. And when they preached the gospel, it cut them to the hearts. And daily, people were being added to the kingdom. When you read stories like that, religious activities seem kind of boring. Hmm. Thank God for water. We need a fresh wind. Look around in America, we can't do a thing about it, but God can. But God says, I want to use you. I want to use you. I've given you the Holy Spirit. Not just to go sit on your butts in church. I've given you the Holy Spirit to act. I've given you the Holy Spirit. And I've given you power to do things in my name. To bring glory to my son. And when the nation's are collapsing and there's wars and rumors of wars and perilous times are at hand. You got to stop relying on yourself and you need a fresh wind to come in that place and you need a dose of the Holy Ghost and you need to start living in the supernatural. Point number two, we need a fresh fire, fresh fire. Mm. Fire can do a couple different things. I love it. Hebrews 12, 29 says, For our God is a consuming fire. Leonard Ravenhill said, Our God is a consuming fire. He consumes pride, lust, materialism, and other sin. See, I want God to consume every part of me that has to do with this world. I want to be refined by the refiner's fire, I want to be purified. That's a part of the fresh fire. Is that we got to take the impurities? They got to go through the purification process, and we got to consume. We got to let God consume every part of us that's imperfect. I want that consuming fire. Do you want that consuming fire? I want that consuming fire. Mm. I think when you get to that point, I love it because when you start talking about fire in Jeremiah verse uh, chapter twenty, verse nine. It says, I will not make mention of him nor speak anymore in his name, but his word was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. We need a fresh fire. We're that that to that point, and we say, you know what? It's in my bones, like, built up like fire. You know, we try to keep it shut up, but we can't. We need a fresh fire to come upon this church. We need a fresh fire to come upon this nation. You want to see things start to change and you better start living in the supernatural. You better start, stop relying on what the government can do. The government is corrupt. It's not going to do anything for us. But oh my word, what God can do. What God can do in the midst of chaos. He always does his biggest biggest miracles in the midst of chaos. We can sit back and say, oh my goodness, this world's going to hell in a handbasket. Or we can say, you know what? This world doesn't look too good, but my God's better. My God's bigger. My God's stronger. My God's mightier. And I want a fresh wind and a fresh fire. And I know my God's going to do something. And I want him to use me for it. Mmm. Fresh fire. I love it because in Acts chapter 2, verse 3, it says, And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. Wouldn't you like to experience that? I think you have, haven't you seen that before where someone started speaking in a different language and they were like, they recognized it and they they're like, whoa, man, I would like to experience that. I would like to experience these things, but we have to have an expectant heart. Derek Sissel talked about, uh, he went over to Africa. I've heard this story a couple times, but it it just really makes you think he went over to Africa to, to preach. And he didn't know they were doing this. He said, I didn't know that they were about to do this. But the way that they were interpreting it was they were hanging up signs everywhere saying a man of God is coming to heal everyone. And he said, how oh, do you know in that? He might not have went. He wouldn't have wanted him to put that. That's a lot of pressure on one guy. <laughs> but, he, but he said uh, these signs were hung up and everybody thought a man of God was coming to heal him. A lady walked for three days. <laughs> we have trouble getting out of bed and driving 30 minutes. She walked for three days. Talk about an expectant heart. You talk about somebody wanting a fresh wind and a fresh fire. She walked for three days, and guess what? She showed up there, and a tumor fell out from her dress when he prayed over her. Miracle after miracle taking place in Africa. Because they came with an expectant heart. The gifts, they still work. God? He still works. The Holy Spirit still empowers. The question is, is do we actually desire to see them? Do we actually desire to see these things take place? See, I think it's so unfair for you guys that you come back and you never witness these things here. You know, I got on them because all I ever hear you say is I'm so excited for elevating camp. Because I want to see God move. And I'm like, what are you talking about? God can do the same things daily for us. But then it kind of hit me. And it's like, while I still believe that, man, how much easier would it be for them to see a generation above them who's supposed to be spiritually more mature than them, leading them into the way and saying, this is the way that God said to do it. Hmm. Point number three, when you have a fresh fire and a fresh wind, it creates a wildfire, a wildfire. If you ever see a house fire, what's the first thing they do? Shut the windows, try to contain it. You don't want it to spread because when wind comes in and mixes with fire, it sets ablaze a wildfire and it becomes uncontainable. That's what I want. That's what I want. I want this fresh wind and this fresh fire to come upon us, and I want it to be so uncontainable that the enemy hates it. The enemy sits back in frustration and anger, saying, What is going on there? And we just laughing, laughing at everything that the Lord's doing. Mm. Ezekiel chapter 37. I'm going to read through verses 1 through 14. It says, And the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of a valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all, or caused me to pass by all around. And behold, there were many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord, you know. Again, he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied. As I was commanded and as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and he and the bones came together bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked. The sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. And he said to me, prophesy to my breath, prophesy son of man and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God come from the four winds. O breath and breathe on these slain that I may live or that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say our bones are dry and hope is lost and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people. And brought you up from the graves, I will put my spirit in you and you shall live live. And I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and performed it, says the Lord. See, when we look at America and we think that it's dead and we think that it's lost, we need to be prophesying to these dead bones saying we want to see them rise. For those who are dead and don't have salvation, that we're seeing salvation come to them. And those who are in the church who have stopped living in the supernatural, that these dry bones come to life. Mm. Mm. An exceedingly great army. There was one thing in common at camp that was spoke multiple times to the youth, and it was, if something doesn't change right now, Christianity in America is going to change big time. Possibly cease to exist. Josh Grimes spoke it. Derek spoke it. I spoke it. If something doesn't change right now, Christianity as we know it is going to change. I just read yesterday in a book that was written in 1989 that three things that they said were going to happen in the future. And one was that... uh, gay marriage would be legalized. And I think it actually went on to state that normal marriage kind of be looked at weird. Look where we are. Second thing it said was government would take over all the sorts of businesses, and they would have all the power there. Watch the news. The third thing was is that Christianity would basically cease to exist because those who believe would either be killed or forced not to worship. And I'm not standing on that. I refuse to stand on that because I believe that the dry bones in the church are going to come to life and that we're going to start living in the supernatural and we're going to stop relying on ourselves and we're going to be empowered by the Holy Spirit and we're going to have a fresh wind and a fresh fire take this place over and we're going to take back what the enemy tried to take away from us. When they tell us to shut up, we need to speak louder. When they tell you to shut up in your schools and they say, guess what? You're not allowed to pray in here. You better hit your knees and start praying. They can't take that away from you. Let them try. When they say you need to shut up, you better speak up. When they say you're going to learn about evolution because this is the truth, you're going to say, you know what? You can teach me that, but let me teach you something. It's time that we start knowing our faith and standing up for it. We need to stop being wimps. You want to see this nation change, and you better start living with some fire in your heart. When they tell you you're not allowed to talk about Jesus in your workplace, you should laugh and say, well, I'm going to. You can't tell me not to talk about Jesus. Separation of church and state. All these things they throw in there. You know that was actually meant to protect the church. (laughs) When they tell you not to pray in your workplace and they say you can't do this here and you can't do that there, by all means we should start doing it. When they looked at Daniel and they said you're not allowed to pray anymore, guess what? He opened his windows up, he hit his knees and he started praying. See, the enemy gives us bit by bit in what we've done. See, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said you better bow before the false gods. You don't stand up for your God. See, what's happened is is we've bitten off so much of the enemy's tricks here is that we've actually gotten ourselves into a place where we no longer stand up for our God. I know that people don't like to hear that, but that's the truth. See, we're all really happy and joyful to come in on Sundays and on Wednesdays and to stand before other believers and say... I praise you, God, but when we step out and they're telling us in the workplace you got to stop and they're telling us in our schools you got to stop and they're saying, you can't do this, you can't do that. By all means, we better start standing up and saying, you know what? I will not bow before your gods. I'm standing up for the one and only God. I'm standing up for the one who saves. You can throw me into the fire. That's fine. You know why? Because when you throw me into the fire, my Jesus will be dancing in the midst of it with me. What are we afraid of? What are we afraid of? The Holy Spirit was given to us to empower us, to empower us. Look, we can't do anything. We're weak, but he becomes our strength. I want to start seeing miraculous things take place when this nation is coming against us and we feel like everything is going to hell, which that's what it looks like, that we start seeing God move in miraculous ways and people are going to be like, what is going on? It'll open up the doors for us to preach the gospel of Christ and him crucified. And people will get cut to the heart and they'll be like, whoa, I need some of that. I've seen a story, I don't know, maybe a couple of them now, where ISIS, where the Lord has actually worked on some of the ISIS people's hearts and they've turned from their wicked ways. Hmm. Hmm. Do you guys want a fresh wind and a fresh fire? we got to start coming with expectant hearts. I'm going to have Jake come back up and the worship team. And what I really feel led to do is is an intimate, intimate time of worship. An intimate. I want all the lights off except for the stage. I want all the lights off except for the stage. We need to be in unity, lifting up God's name together. Look, Derek spoke this at camp, and I thought it was very powerful. And when you saw everybody coming together in unison, lifting up the name of the Lord, there was definitely a fresh wind and a fresh fire, and miraculous things started taking place. I believe the Lord wants to move right now. I believe there's some of you in here who are like, you know what? You put up these walls, and you're like, I just don't know about the supernatural. Let them down and let God move. I lived like that for a long time. I'll be honest with you. I'm like, I don't know about this supernatural stuff. God's cool, but when you actually let your walls down and you let God move in supernatural ways, he will do things beyond your imagination. And I believe there's things that he wants to do in here today. We should come to church every week expecting breakthroughs, expecting healings. We should be wanting to hear prophecy spoken, the gift of tongues, the gift of miracles, the gift of healing. We need to start desiring these things, but we don't just leave them here. We take that fresh wind and that fresh fire, and we set ablaze a world that's dying. They need it. They need it. We can't do it ourselves. It's going to take the Holy Spirit living within us and saying, you know what? I'm tired of living this way. I'm tired of seeing this junk. Lord, I want you to use me, and I want you to change this world. As we turn off the lights and we get into this atmosphere of worship, I just desire you to come up to the altar. To come up to the altar and all of us together just singing praises to the Lord. And if you need prayer, by all means, come up and we're going to pray. I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to move here. If you got to go, I understand it's 12 o'clock. Maybe you're hungry, but I'm hungry for God. I'm hungry to see the Lord move. I'm hungry to see God do some miraculous things here. So let's come up here to the altar.